Yes. What up? What's good, Logos? Logos family. So I, it, it, it is family. Uh, I, I'm a, it's, it's, if you didn't, uh, if I haven't had a chance to, to meet you yet, uh, uh, I am actually a, son, a spiritual son of Pastor Dino. So anything that I get to see in my life or my family or my ministry, you know, is a part of, of Pastor Dino's fruit. And so I'm so blessed and I'm praying for him and, and Nadia that they're having an amazing time. And also so amazing because, uh, is it Pastor Mel? Pastor Mel? Pastor Melody is amazing and she's a day one as well. Um, from the time I first met the Lord and rolling together and under your youth ministry and learning from you and getting to see now the, the team is back united here in Logos and doing amazing things with uh, Josh. Let's go. Give it up for Josh and the worship team. Oh, my goodness. God is so faithful over the years. Uh, please be praying for us. Uh, you know, we're, we're just here visiting. I leave on Tuesday to, uh, but pray for me. We, this is, this is, uh, I really need your faith to, to, to lock in uh, because we have an invitation to go to Democratic Republic of Congo and Uganda. And it's been, <laughs> and um, it, it's been a challenge uh, because of visa issues. So we need your faith. The, the embassy has had my visa for, for, I think, like three, my passport for like three weeks in, in, in the, the, the Congolese embassy in Ottawa. And um, they were like, well, we need a letter from the minister of immigration. And the bishop who's invited me is like, there's no way I can go to Kinshasa and get that letter. It's impossible for us. The embassy's like, sorry, you need this letter. So I just said, well, I need my passport back because I, <laughs> I got you know, I to I still keep going. And then they, they wrote back an email and they said, it's okay, we're sending your passport back and we're granting you the visa after three weeks of contending in prayer. <clears throat> but the flight's on Tuesday and the passport isn't yet in the, Fed, in the hands of FedEx. So we literally have tomorrow, people of God. So, Lord, we just believe in Jesus' name that you are God and you are able. And we ask God for a breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, God is so faithful. You know, um, so blessed to have my family here with me. Uh, my wife, Rhonda, she's such a, a, a woman of God. She has more faith often than me, you know. And uh, it was kind of crazy because as we were trying to apply to go, um, to go on this, this uh, invitation, at the same time there was some violence, you know, happening and some people were, I think, some rebels came and, um, and some people were killed. Uh, and, 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 and I remember we were, we were praying and really waiting on the Lord and my wife looked at me and she's like, you're called to preach the gospel. This is what you're called to do. And so I'm so blessed to have a woman of God like her. And she's just going to come and just uh, bless us with a song as we get into the word of the Lord today. So could you just welcome my wife, Rhonda. Good morning. 
I'm just going to sing a blessing song over us today and then just invite Holy Spirit here to be with us. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, dwell here. Fill this place with joy overflowing and your peace overflowing and love overflowing in all of your glory holy spirit come holy spirit dwell here in this house fill this place with joy overflowing and your peace overflowing and love overflowing in all of your glory come we invite you come how we need you Amen. 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 Yes, God. Yes, God. Yeah, it's amazing, Holy Spirit, with just one word from you can shatter a thousand lies. Just one word from you. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you now to just come and speak words of destiny. I'm believing that this morning that there's going to be words confirmed over your original design in the Lord. These are, these are words that have been spoken over you when you were in your mother's womb by the Lord. In Jeremiah 1, it says that I formed you in your mother's womb and I set you apart. So Holy Spirit, yes, we just ask, come and speak to every heart. Lord, we come against every lie right now that's been trying to hold back your destiny in Jesus' name. Everything that's been trying to hold you down, we break it off in Jesus' name. And we release, God, the simplicity of your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 19, starting in verse 11. There's a, a, a wild parable that Jesus is telling the people listening, right as he's heading towards, well, he's heading towards Jerusalem and the cross. So you have your finger there. Praise God. God is so faithful. Just a little report as, as you just have your finger there. I just want to just give a report of some of the fun things that we've seen recently on the field. Uh, was recently in Lebanon, and um, God is so faithful. We saw Muslims coming to the Lord on the streets of downtown Beirut. We are seeing more Muslims come to the Lord in the last 10 years than the last 1,400 years of Muslim history combined. I roll up there and we're training a bunch of young uh, people to preach the gospel and do missions and 
one of the first students that's there, I say, hey, what's your name? He says, my name's Muhammad. I said, Muhammad, wow, this is awesome. I said, Muhammad, this is, what, what an honor to meet you. I said, how did you come to know the Lord? He said, well, someone came and shared the gospel with me, and then Jesus physically showed up and confirmed the gospel. I said, brother, it's amazing to meet you. This is going to be a fun week. <laughs> From Syria. We had students there from, from Egypt, from Jordan, people that were born and raised there in Beirut. It was amazing to see. And then, so we, you know, we did some, we did some training and, and then we go out and we hit the streets downtown Beirut. And uh, it was so fun to see just the hunger of people for the gospel. We know that the harvest is ripe, but it says the laborers are few. So I, one of our students, he's there sharing with a lady uh, she's out just feeding the cats or something downtown. She's a, 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 an elderly um, sister, and, and he, he just uh, share, shares the gospel with her. And um, it's wild because she had so much back pain. She could, like almost arthritis or something, she couldn't move. And as they prayed for her, she said she felt like the fire of God come over her, and she was instantly healed. And then she gave her life to Jesus. And she started kissing their hands. I don't know if she didn't know what to do, but she starts just kissing their hands, weeping. And then she says, I'm 85 years old, and now I know where I'm going when I die. <laughs> Let's go. Come on, somebody praise Jesus. It's so real. This is, not a, this, this is, this is for real. And it's, um, it, it's also happening in the West. It's not just, uh, it's not just happening, you know, in in the usual places where we expect miracles uh, to happen. But it's also happening in, in the West. Uh, not that long ago, I was in uh, Switzerland. My, my daughter, Aaliyah, was with me. Stand up, Aaliyah. Can you guys make some noise for Aaliyah? This is my, my one and only daughter. And uh, she's a young missionary in training as well. And uh, so she's with me. And, uh, <laughs> and we're there. They, they set up this thing just by faith, right? This team of people, by faith, they say, hey, you know what? We just, we just, we've, we got to send it. So they set up this thing in like their version of Dundas Square in, in downtown Lausanne. And they set up this whole stage and a bunch of tables. And it's like a dinner for anyone who wants to come. And they have the worship team just do worship outside. And then they invited me to come and share a message. So I'm getting up to share the message. And right before I get up, I turned to, the, to, to um, the people hosting me and I said, I feel in the spirit that we're supposed to do an altar call for salvation. And the one sister hosting me, she's like, this is Switzerland. We're very conservative. People aren't going to come to the front in a public open downtown scenario to give their lives to the Lord. I said, okay, but I sensed out of obedience, like this is what I'm supposed to do. And thank God the other brother who was my translator, he's like, just send it, brother. Just go for it. So we're up there. I'm sharing the gospel. And it gets to the point where we're wrapping up the message. And again, I feel the Lord just in simple obedience, right, in saying, invite people to come and publicly give their lives to me. Because we know that we say that the scripture says if we're ashamed of him before men, he'll be ashamed of us before the angels in heaven. So again, back to this thing, it's like, well, Lord, I guess I'm already crucified with you. I'm already buried with you. 
It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. So if no one comes to the front and I look like a fool, so be it. Because I'm already, I'm already dead. <laughs> if I look shame, hey, well, praise God. I'm already crucified. <laughs> so I give the invitation. You know, if anyone is, uh, uh, if anyone within the sound of my voice is being is being held captive by sin. Would you be willing to now come and give your life to Christ and accept the free gift of what he's done for you on the cross? And at first, no one came, and I was like, well, Lord, (laughs) you took my shame on the cross too, Lord Jesus. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, one person comes and then two people three people four people and these people started coming even from the back that I couldn't see that were sitting on the steps of the library and sitting on the back by the train station and people just start coming publicly weeping and giving their lives to Jesus let's go come on praise God the harvest is ripe the harvest is ripe it's amazing And then we're praying for people at the altar. People are getting set free of bondage. And uh, and I and there's there's one uh, person over here to my left, and I can just hear, and they're they're coughing, and then they start vomiting. And you know we're praying for him, and he's vomiting. And that's when you know you got to pray with your eyes open. Okay, I'm just giving you that for free. Okay, sometimes. (laughs) And so this brother's getting set free of something for real. And um. And as this demon is coming out of him, um, you could see after we start to pray that he now gets filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, you cannot cast out, the, you, you, you bind up the strong man, you plunder the house, but then you, the house is, is swept clean. Now it has to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because that thing's going to try to come back. And if it finds it swept clean with nothing filling it, it's going to come back with seven stronger. So now we're praying, Holy Spirit, come, <laughs> fill this man with, you know. And we're praying for him to get filled with, the, filled with Holy Spirit, and he's just glowing. And his face is shining, and his eyes are beaming. And supernatural peace just comes right there with us on, on, on the street. And then he t- starts to tell us after that, he had actually been tormented for several weeks. Hearing voices, blaspheming God or whatever was tormenting him. And he knew he was being tormented by demons. And he didn't know how to get free. So he was trying to get free, trying to get free, didn't know how. So finally, he said, I just got to go to the psychiatrist to get some medications to quiet these voices. And... Okay, listen, I, want, I, I believe that there are some times where there's chemical imbalance and that's natural and you need medication. That's good and that's a blessing and that's from the Lord, right? Like, we got to unstigmatize mental health. Like, man, thank God for doctors. Thank God for the wisdom of medicine, right? But also sometimes I'm not going to give medicine to a demon if it's a demon, right? So this brother knew it was demonic. He goes to get the meds from the psychiatrist. He's literally leaving the office with the meds and is going to get on the train and hears the gospel message. And here's the altar call for if anyone's tormented, he died on the cross so you could be set free. He comes to the front and gets delivered. God is so faithful. 
And then it was so encouraging afterwards because we hear from the local pastors. There are some local pastors who were there standing at the back. And they said, number one, we haven't seen this in 20 years here in Switzerland. Open air proclamation of the gospel. Number two, we didn't know that anyone still did it or if they even still did it, that it would work. So the Lord broke off a glass ceiling as well over the city. It is so encouraging to see. So encouraging to see um, the simplicity of the gospel, right? And even what, um, what Pastor Mel was saying from Friday night, it never ceases to amaze me the power of repentance. When someone brings their chains to the cross. So here we are. So stoked to be with you guys today. Such an honor. Logos, this is family. Let's get into it. So Luke 19, starting in verse 11. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said that there was a nobleman who was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and divided amongst them 10 pounds of silver, saying to them, invest this for me while I'm gone. Somebody say, invest. Invest this for me while I'm gone. But there are some people that hate him, and they sent a delegation after him saying, we don't want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money, and he wanted to find out what the investment profits were. He called in the first servant, and the servant came and said to him, Master, I invested your money, and I have made 10 times the original amount. Now, this is kind of a wild parable, okay? So can you guys just help me out with this? you got to imagine this scenario. It's like we're, we're tracking along with the story, and then it just it gets turned way up all of a sudden, right? Because you're like, okay, what's the reward? You were faithful with one pound of silver, but then the king has this over-the-top extravagant reaction, Right? It's so extra. And he's like, woohoo! Yes! Well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful with little, and now you will be entrusted with much. So now you will be governor over 10 cities. What? That does not seem proportionate, right? Like, what, like, I'm trying to put my mind into this passage. Like, what does this, to me, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like, you know, you're on, like, Price is Right or something. Like a game show. Like, you just showed up, and you, like, bang, they're like, and now, a new car. You're like, yeah. <laughs> but this is so much more than that. It's not like a trip to Jamaica. It's like, you will now be governor over 10. Okay, make some noise like we're on, like we on a, like the king's game show, okay? <laughs> and now you will be governor over 10 cities. <laughs> that escalated quickly. You're like, I'll take Paris, uh, Miami, uh, Madrid, you know. <laughs> Like, what? Ten cities? Let's go. Now imagine the next man that comes in, right? The next servant. Then he calls in the next servant. The servant's like, 
Master, I've been faithful with your money, and I've made five times the original amount. Again, the king's like, yes, come on. He probably grabs him and gives him a big hug, like dapping him up, like, let's go. You were faithful with little, and now you'll be entrusted with much. You will be governor over five cities. Yo, let's go. Come on, man. Where am I? You will be governor over five cities as your reward. Then the third servant comes in. <laughs> He's like, um, Master, okay, well, uh, what had happened was, <laughs> well, you see, I, well, in, okay, um, well, I hid your money, okay, and I kept it safe because I know you're a hard man to deal with, and you have harvest crops you didn't plant, and you take things that aren't yours. And the king interrupts him and says, ah, oh, you wicked and lazy servant. Your own words condemn you. Why didn't you at least invest my money in the bank? At least then you could have gained some interest off it. And then turning to the people, he said, take, this, take his pound of silver and give it to the one who has 10. He said, master, he already has 10. And he said, yes, to the one who's faithful with little will be entrusted with much. But from the one who does nothing, even what little they do have will be taken from them. And he said, now as for my enemies, bring them here and execute them in front of me. This is such a wild passage, right? I remember when I first went back to Kona, where we are now at one of the largest mission bases in the world. And I had been ministering here in Ontario for about six years. And the last year and a bit of that time was focused really on just uh, campaign evangelism, going wherever the invitations would come. We would gather as many people as we could in the city and open air preach the gospel. And people would get saved, healed, delivered, made whole. It was amazing. So, I mean, we were seeing... Tens and tens of thousands of people come to Christ. Wild signs and wonders, like Book of Acts type stuff. And I go to Kona on my sabbatical, and I'm just, you know, with my oldest son and I, and we're, we're doing one of the courses that the, that the university is offering. And I remember the friends that I had there, my ministry and my life compared to them, felt like I was standing still. Like these guys are out here literally changing the world. Meeting with heads of state to talk about fighting human trafficking. They're, they're filling stadiums to mobilize people for missions. They're meeting with some of the most influential um, People in the kingdom of God globally, and, and by influential, I mean the, like the, the, the heads of the house church movement in China. Like some of these denominations have over a million people in them. And I'm like, Lord, what am I even doing with my life? Like looking at their ministry, I'm looking at my life, and I'm like, am I even really saved? Like what am I doing? What is my life, Lord? 
And I remember the Lord just in his, uh, as a father, as a father does, you know, just saying, Christoph, are you, are you trying to love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? I'm like, yeah, Lord, I'm trying. And he's like, well done. Well done. It's like, are you, are you trying to invest in loving others and making disciples? And are you trying to invest in reaching the lost? I'm like, yeah, Lord, I'm trying. I mean, that's why I'm out here. That's why I do these things. I'm trying. And he's like, well done. Well done. And I just want to speak that over you this morning. I don't know, maybe some of you haven't heard that from your earthly father or mother or the person who you report to, but I just feel the father over you right now saying, well done. I see your investment. I see your yes. If you're trying to invest, I see that. I see that when no one's looking and you're in traffic and you're just worshiping me. Well done, I see that. And it moves me. He says, one glance of your eyes and my heart is ravished and undone. See, comparison is a trap. If we compare ourselves with people who look like they're doing more than us, we'll feel insecure. If we compare ourselves with people who maybe aren't doing as much as us, we feel pride. And we fall both ways. The only way is to look at Jesus and what he's asking of us. And in that season, it was a season of hiddenness. And it was, it was there where I really learned what I'm sharing with you now. You see, it's simple investment. And whatever it is that he's asking us to do. Investment is a wild thing. How many of you guys had maybe access to $100 in the year 2009? You could have got $100 if you needed it in the year 2009. Let me see your hand. You had access to $100 in the year 2009. Okay. Let's say you would have invested that $100 in the year 2009 into Bitcoin and cashed it out a couple years ago. That $100 investment would have been $50 million. That's wild, right? There's a thing, right, that where, where we know with even insider trading, it's illegal, where uh, companies who have um, valuable information on a stock before something is released to the public, and then they can make investments that overnight, like we saw that whole crazy thing happen with GameStop, I think it was like last year. But it's so wild because with Jesus, he's like, Listen, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I've seen the end from the beginning. And then he comes to us and he's like, trust me, I've seen the end of time. This is what you should invest your life in. Loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving others as yourself. If you invest your life into that, there's no regrets. There's zero regrets. Matter of fact, matter of fact, this is mind-blowing. Not only do we get to heaven and look back and be like, 
oh, wow, this is amazing. No regrets. I invested my life in simple obedience in whatever big or smaller thing that Jesus was asking me to. Not only will you look back with, with no regrets, but it's wild. In Ephesians it says that he's able to do far exceedingly more than we could ever dream or imagine according to the power of Christ Jesus. You think about that investment, like everyone knows the name Billy Graham. Does anyone remember the name of the man who led Billy Graham to the Lord? Mordecai Ham. Who knows what that simple step of obedience leads to? Now, turn in your Bibles to Exodus 8.1. Exodus 8.1. This is a key verse because this is the raison d'etre. This is the whole meaning for why we live. <laughs> and it's the same thing when he goes to Pharaoh and he gives the reason for why the children of Israel, their entire economy that's based off of their slave labor, should be set free. And he comes to Pharaoh and he says, the Lord says to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may go in the wilderness and serve me. All right, does anyone in their Bible, it says something different? Let my people go that they may serve me. Does anyone else have anything different? That they may worship me. Interesting. Okay, so this is, this is why we see that the, that the ESV translation is a little bit flawed. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just messing with you. <laughs> Some versions say that they may serve me. Some say that they may worship me. What's happening here? It's not that the, the English translation is off. It's that the Hebrew word here is the word avad. Somebody say avad. Avad. Avad literally means worship and service at the exact same time. So this is the Hebrew understanding. I feel like sometimes it, when our Western mindset, we separate the two. We dichotomize the two. Like Mel was saying, maybe we have our, our adoration or worship time over here just on Sunday mornings. That's not the Hebrew mindset. So we see here with the Avad that there is a deep, uh, indivisible union between my adoration of who he is in his holiness with my song. The adoration, what we are created for, this is what we're going to be doing for eternity just in straight glory, is worshiping him in the adoration, but it is also worshiping him with the devotion of my life poured out. That it's literally my worship song through my life and through my yes, through my obedience, whatever it costs me. And that's why it's impossible to compare between what I'm doing for the Lord and the other person is doing for the Lord. Because that's their avad, that's their worship. Whatever he's asking of them might be different than, than what he's asking of me. And it's wild when you see this unlocking of the revelation of avad. You see, there was a man by the name of Brother Lawrence in the time of the monasteries in Europe. And Brother Lawrence knew the secret of practicing the presence of God through his work. 
And what Brother Lawrence would do, you see, Brother Lawrence, he, he wasn't always a monk. He came into the game kind of late. He kind of got the call on his life a little bit late. But how many of you know that, that God is outside of time and he can redeem the time that the locust has devoured? So he goes, he goes and says, well, the Lord called me at this late stage of life into, um, into full-time service. So he goes to the monastery. He said, well, sorry, you're a little bit late. It's too hard for you to learn Greek and Hebrew and translate the Bible like the rest of us. But I'll tell you what, if you want to serve, you can serve and be a blessing to us by washing the dishes. And so Brother Lawrence says, praise God, this will be my avod. This will be my worship service. And what he would do is as he was washing dishes, he would be like, I am washing this. This is Jesus' dish. This is for you. This is my worship. And as he was doing it, the presence of God would come so thick in the dish area of the kitchen that people started noticing. And people loved to start just coming around and watch him wash dishes. And they would be in the glory. It got to the point that people started traveling from all over Europe to watch Brother Lawrence wash dishes. Isn't that wild? So like, if my son loves to skate, he can skate as part of his avad towards the Lord. And when, you're, when he's feeling the pleasure of the Father in that, why do you think he feels pleasure? Because the Lord put that in him. And you can do that for the Lord. It's breaking down this religious mindset of compartmentalization. What is your gift? What is your thing that he's put inside of you? You're a vod before him. What is that little yes? What is that little step of obedience? Whatever it is that he's asking. I remember one time we were in Myanmar and we're doing a campaign and, and again, so a campaign is we're renting out like a soccer field or something, and we're going to preach the gospel. Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, had just come out of genocide. It was pretty gnarly, okay? Pastors had been hung from the ceilings and skinned alive. Like, it was really bad, okay? And here we have this window of open door into the nation. And we're going in, and we're, we're kind of, it's like the couple days before everyone else is flying in, and we're really going to get... The, the, the campaign started. And our particular team is at uh, one uh, hotel. And it was just free time. You know, you're getting acclimated. You're, you're, you're adjusting to the time zone, whatever. But our guys, you know, because it's not just ministry as a program, they're out and they're at the mall and they're trying to share the gospel with people. They're in their, their little taxi trying to share the gospel with people in their own team time, just grabbing a guitar and worshiping the Lord. This is our avad. And we're going to dinner one night, and we pass by in the hotel, the big ballroom, and there's, I don't know, over 500 Chinese businessmen and women there selling Chinese New Year, celebrating Chinese New Year. And there's all these performers there, you know, in their outfits and their mics and doing their shows and stuff like that. I don't know. I walked up to the person who I found uh, somebody who was hosting it. They had a clipboard. And I just said, hey, I have a team from all over the world, and we're here in the country, and we would love to do a performance with you if you have availability on the schedule. And they're like, can you be ready in 10 minutes? And I said, yes. <laughs> She's like, great. So I just got on the WhatsApp, and I said, everyone come down to the ballroom in 10 minutes and be ready to do whatever the Lord asks us to do. 
We had no plan. So we, <laughs> we, uh, they introduce us. We get up. It's a whole long, crazy story. I don't, I don't know how, but my son, Jeru. Jeru, can you stand up? Make some noise for this amazing man of God, Jeru. Jeru, who's there with me on the mission trip, I call him up at the time. He was young. But Jeru started to do like a beatbox and, you know, make like beats with, you know, just his own, like, or whatever. I don't know. He's doing way better than me. But he gets that whole crowd moving. And long story short, we had this whole group of Chinese uh, nationals chanting, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know how. <laughs> Afterwards, they were so blessed. They wanted to take pictures with us. It was, it was incredible. They were like, wow, thank you so much for that. Wow, wow. And then our team goes back, and we're having dinner in our side room. And our team is excited. We're like, wow, that's amazing. That just happened. Praise God. And we start breaking out spontaneously into song, and someone just starts making a beat on the table. And then, we, uh, like, it starts freestyling. This freestyle worship just starts coming out, right? And it's like, in living rooms or stadiums, find us faithful in living rooms or stadiums. Find us faithful. And it's just this idea of, Lord, wherever we are, Lord, this is our avad. And then it's the freestyle, you know, it's going. And then we start to realize, Lord, we have found you faithful. And it starts going into all these different things. And one by one, people start freestyling, basically singing out like different places where we have seen God be faithful. We're like, well, at Mickey D's, at KFC's, we found you faithful in the barbershop, in the parking lot. We found you faithful. And it's just one by one, different people are going around. Maternity ward in the funeral home, I found you faithful. God, you don't have to show up, but you always do. You're so faithful, God. You've been so faithful to us. Because you've been so faithful, man, in those times in, in the car or those times in the secret place in your room, it just by yourself, God, I found you faithful. Because I found you faithful, God, find me faithful. In whatever simple thing in the, in the living room, the little thing or the big thing or whatever in between, God, find me faithful. And then all of a sudden the Lord just speaks this like invitation. And it's just like, hey, we're flying tomorrow to go from the capital city to where our campaign location is going to be. And we felt the Lord invite us to do worship on the airplane. As like a flash mob <laughs> in the air above this nation that's coming out of genocide. And we're like, yeah, Lord, let's do it. <laughs> in the train or the airplane, find us. <laughs> so we're like, all right, bang, this is what we're going to do. We call it Operation High Praise. And uh, so we're there and you kind of waited. We're like, okay. So as soon as this, the, you may unfasten, you, you can unfasten your seatbelt. Ding! You know, so, okay. Bang, I take off my seatbelt, and I just start walking down the aisle to all our guys. I'm like, all right, 
30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. I go to the, like, to the back of the plane to the bathroom, and I come back, all right, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Everybody, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. We get back, I sit down and by the front of the plane, and then we had one of our uh, sisters there who, who's blessed with the gift of singing. See, I can't really sing that good, but this is my avad to the Lord. <laughs> but she just starts off, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. And everyone from our team just starts joining in. There's probably about 15 or 18 of I exalt thee all over the plane. I exalt thee. And the presence of the Lord just begins to flood this airplane as we're traveling in the air over a nation coming out of genocide. Mm. It was so precious, and it turns into a medley, and other songs start just flowing up spontaneously in worship. The presence of the Lord was so thick, fam. But then there's this, you know, there's always got to be one hater, but there's one. There's one. <laughs> and he's like, he's, he turns to one of the guys on our team, and he's like, what the bleep, what the bleepity bleep, 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 bleepity F, bleepity F, F. I can't believe you bleeps. <laughs> and when the poor brother on the team, he just was like, ooh, and then he sat back and he was like, and you could just feel like the presence of the Lord, you know, in that, in that area who was around. I didn't hear that. Some people didn't hear that on the plane, but for the people who were in that section, it just kind of like eh, quenched the spirit. And, uh, but the rest of us kept worshiping, and then this is wild. Then all of a sudden, from the back of the plane, out of nowhere, as, as, we, as our team quieted down, you just heard this sound from the back of the plane come up. I exalt thee in Korean. There was another Korean missions team that was on the plane we didn't even know about. And they start singing, I exalt thee, O Lord, in Korean. And you could just feel the fear of us being in a persecution nation break off of everyone who was there. So we land, we're getting our bags. And uh, one of my team members comes up to me, and he's like, Christoph, you know, because I'm the team leader, team leader, and he, said, he wants to have a word with me. So, yeah, yeah, brother, what's up? And uh, he said, I, I really think that that was in the flesh on the airplane. I really think that we missed that, and uh, that wasn't of the Lord. And I thought about it, and I, and I prayed about it, and I asked the Lord, and I thought, no, we, we, were, we were all in agreement. We all felt simple obedience for us was Operation High Praise, <laughs> And I said to him, I said, brother, when, when we felt the Lord yesterday, after the thing with the Chinese businessmen, and it was, I said, the thing with the Chinese businessmen, right? And the way, like, do you think that that was the Lord? And he said, yeah, oh, yeah, that was from the Lord. I said, interesting. I said, why is that? He said, by the way that they responded. They were all chanting that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And they were hugging us after, and they were, it was amazing. I said, oh, interesting. I said, and why do you think that what just happened on the airplane was not the Lord? And he said, well, you didn't see that brother who was just swearing at, at us and cussing us out? I said, oh, brother. I said, since when is our obedience based off of people's reactions? Since when is our obedience to the Lord based off of earthly evidence? 
we have an obedience that is beyond earthly evidence. We have a faithfulness. If you look at this in Hebrews 11, it's so wild. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 32, I'm just going to read it quick because we're, we're starting to wrap up. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 32, this is kind of like anybody out here like to watch like a TSN when they have the highlight of the night? You know, you're just catching up the next day. Maybe you're, you're looking, you're at the gym or something. It's like, do-do-do, do-do-do. The top 10 plays from last night. <laughs> Highlight of the night. This is what's happening here in Hebrews 11. It's the highlight of all faith, right? Of all mankind. He says, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about all these highlights about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel. Woo, this is like the who's who highlights, right? The all-star team about Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Do -do -do, do -do -do. Who shut the mouths of lions. What? Quenched the, the fury of flames and escaped the edge of the sword. What? Whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refused to be released. Wait, 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 what? It was like, er, like someone just like, the, what just happened to the vibe? Wait, we're reading the same passage, right? Did I miss something? Oh, what? There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. There were those who were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and ghostskins, destitutes, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us they would be made perfect. I said, brother, since when does our faith rely on how we feel? And he's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. And then I turned to our, my friend, Doe, who's from Myanmar, who's hosting us there. And I'm looking at Doe, and then I realize, I'm like, brother, I, I said, do you think it felt good for Doe when he was preaching the gospel and they punched him in the face? Did that feel good? Did it feel good when they put a bag over his head and threw him in the back of a van? How do you think it felt when they have him in the, in the jail and they're kicking him in the ribs and he doesn't know if he's going to see his family again? How did that feel? You see, for us, it's simple faithfulness to whatever it is that he's asking of us. No matter what we see or don't see in this life. Because we have an eternal perspective. Because if you notice, he's not looking for all this great th things that you can do for him. Out of performance like an orphan. Or an orphan mindset, an orphan spirit. Let me just try to do all these things for you. That will never, that will never satisfy you see, if you look in the, the, the text, Scripture says, well done, good and faithful servant, not well done, good and fruitful servant. 
Were you faithful to the simple invitation? Does anyone know, actually, worship team, if you could come up as we close. Does anyone know the Jehovah Nisi? Jehovah Nisi. What does Jehovah Nisi mean? Bible scholars. Come on, this is Pastor Dino's church. I know some people got to know this. The Lord our banner. Can we make some noise for the Bible scholars or whoever said that? Let's go. The Lord is our banner. The Lord is our banner. So, I believe that this is what the Lord wants to do this morning. I believe that there's an impartation this morning. And I think that, that there's a release over clear banner words over your life and over this season. I think this is one of the easiest ways as well that we also avoid discouragement, that we avoid depression. Because you know when you put your head on your pillow at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you're like, was today a good day? What are you going through? What, are you, what is the metric for success? When you're analyzing your, your year on your birthday or maybe on New Year's Eve and you're just going over that year, what is your metric for success on if it was a good year? Are you basing it off of last year? Maybe last year's banner has changed from this year's banner. Maybe obedience looks different this time. What is that simple invitation of faith that he's inviting you into? And I can tell you over my life, man, that I can honestly say that he is able to do far exceedingly above and beyond whatever I could have ever dreamed or imagined. And you might say right now, well, I don't have much to invest. <laughs> I don't really feel like I have anything to give. I don't feel like I have a big gift or I don't feel like I, I have something to contribute. That's the whole point. He says, come as you are. Matter of fact, if you look at our God and you trace this throughout scripture, he actually wants to make it that much more evident that he brought the increase. So he loves to take the things that are not to confound the things that are. Not many were of you were of noble birth, were of great standing, were of this. We're just the, if you look at even the disciples that he chose. He chose the ragtag, random, of the most like motley crew to put together to show his glory. With the children of Israel, out of all the people on planet earth, he's like, I'm going to take a refugee camp coming out of slavery. So I can show my glory. So that when people look and they say, they say, man, that had to be God. There's no other way. And sometimes when you're stepping out in that investment with your Avad, like they're stepping out into the wilderness. They have no idea where they're going. They don't even know how to worship. They don't even know what they're doing. He's like this, trust me. Uh, just come one step at a time. Maybe the banner that you're about to receive right now, we're going to pray and, and, and we're believing for Holy Spirit to release banner words. And that banner word might just be over what you're supposed to do this week. It might be what you're supposed to do over this month or this next quarter. It might be over this year. It might be over the next six years. But 
do not say that you cannot hear the voice of the Lord. I used to think that, and man, when that visa wasn't coming through, and I already invested a bunch of money to go to Congo and preach the gospel to the persecuted church, with the, to serve the persecuted church, and I'm sitting there looking like an idiot, and I'm like, oh my goodness, do I hear the Lord? I still battle with that. It's okay. I'm just being real. But in the end, as I come in my brokenness before the Lord, and I, I check back in, I'm reminded that he says, my sheep hear my voice. And he's like, he reminds me, he's like, Christoph, it's okay. <laughs> he's like, my ability to speak is better than even your ability to hear. Woo, did you catch that? He's a good leader. He is a good leader. And if you pour out your yes, if you pour out your avod and you step out, listen, he's not going to leave you to drown. Because you say, hey, whether we live or whether we die, it's for Christ. Whether it makes sense now or it makes sense in eternity. No matter what, he's looking for your faithfulness, your yes. God, find us faithful. Find us faithful. Yes, God. He engineered you. He can communicate to you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Go ahead and stand. Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Ah. Jesus. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Quiet yourself before the Lord right now. So we silence all the traffic in our minds. All the busyness of what we got to do coming out of here. We just silence that right now. We take authority in the name of Jesus. Say, Holy Spirit, would you speak? Would you speak? banner word yes God yes God for some of you there's things that you might have to cut off there's things that you might have to surrender Maybe you're like, man, I know it's hard to hear and it's hard to step out. It's because you're still maybe in slavery in Egypt. And your first step is going all in with him and leaving what's holding you down. Those slave masters that's holding you down. For others of you, there's going to be steps of faith. Maybe it's in the area of generosity. Maybe it's in the area of messaging someone. Maybe it's in the area of sharing your faith with somebody at work. And the Lord's going to release some names of people or family members that you're supposed to text. Whoa, I just felt there's someone in this room right now that the Lord is putting someone on your heart that you need to forgive. Shoot, <laughs> 
Yes, Holy Spirit, release God. Release God. Release God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Mm. You don't have to overthink it. It's just a sense that you're getting in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. All over this room. All over this room. Yes, God. <laughs> well. I just heard someone got the word declutter. Yes, God. Come on, yes, God. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. The eyes of the, ro the Lord roam to and fro from the earth, looking for wonders to perform for those whose hearts fully trust in him. And I see the Lord just with this invitation saying, hey, can you be obedient with this first step, with these little baby steps? Faithful with little and trusted with much. Faithful with little and trusted with much. Faithful with little and trusted with much. And there's others of you that you have been faithful. You have been listening and obeying. And I hear the Lord saying over you, well done. Well done. Even when it seems like, where is the fruit? He said, I'm not looking for the fruit. I'm looking for the faithfulness. Well done. Well done. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So we love you. I believe if, 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 uh, if that's you, if you could just kind of wave, wave your hand at me. I want to pray for you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. If, you, if the Lord has spoken something to your heart, you feel a sense of something that he's speaking to you right now, of your simple yes. Let me see. Show me yes. Hands all over this place. Awesome. 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 Show me your hand. I want to pray for you right now. If that's you. The Lord's speaking something to you. Yes, God. Yeah, Lord. Lord, we ask God for simple obedience Lord, we ask, God, for a, 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 an empowerment, God, as worship unto you with their yes. Lord, we're asking, Father, for your glory. No matter what the cost, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. It's been an honor to be with you. I'm excited to see what happens through what the Lord has been speaking to people here today. So you got to kind of find me on Instagram or Facebook and message me if there's something that you stepped out and, and uh, I want to be praying for you. Um, please be praying for us. Love you. It's been such a joy to be with you guys. But for those of you who want prayer and want to stay, I just open up the altar. If you want to come prayer for anything, I would love to pray with you and bless you in Jesus' name.